Hey, what is up, beautiful recruiters uh, and Neil? Uh, this is David Stefan Patterson. I'm sorry. You got me DSP. This is the Headhunters Live, episode number 11. And we have a very special guest on, Dave Nurs. Before we do that, I want to say hello to uh, Mr. Chris Wessel, uh, known as the professor, but I like to call him Face because he's the uh, best looking guy here on the show. Face man here, from the A-team, for those of you who missed the conversation earlier. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Murdoch guy personally and then we have neil levitz right over here my brother from another mother uh the boss man and uh today we have an amazing show we have dave nurse uh from npa worldwide we're going to bring him out here in just a few minutes before we do so if you're watching that live do me a favor, come for in. those of you who don't know who they are right david split split. Networks. that's right and we actually had a couple of split related Huge posts split even today in the group um, so I made sure to comment on those so that they yeah. were aware to watch because this is continues to be a very hot topic. So Perfect. I think everybody's going to well, get a lot of this. Well, we want to uh, uh, make uh, help this show grow uh, like a rocket. So if you guys can help us out here in the audience, if you're watching this right now live, comment live down below. Uh, also, show us some emotion. Give us a like, a love, a, a hate. I don't care. We just need your emotion. We feed off of it. And it'll help the algorithm. So uh, help us out there. And if you're watching the replay, comment replay down below because we would love to see who's listening to the show. Um, that said, before we bring Dave on, though, Neil – Sorry, we were we were just it, it, this 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 streaming system is kind of weird because Neil was literally mid sentence. Oh, and I then we went live. It's green room banter. It's green room talk. Sometimes not appropriate for the viewing audience. This one would be, but oh, it's like bedroom talk. Bedroom talk. You know, I, I tell you what, Neil, I've heard you've got some of the best bedroom talk in the biz. <laughs> you know what, David? The key is just caring. Just being, no, just kidding. I go back Pretend to like you room. care. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, hey, so so that said, we're really excited about. Is this product placement, by the way? Is this product placement? Uh, I should get paid for this. I can't, I can't read that. We were telling, we were joking about that last week when I was drinking Pepsi that all the money we're making from our digit single viewers. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have like three cents I'm going to make from Pepsi. It's amazing. Oh, it's big funny. money. Big, big money. Although we're getting bigger every week, which is actually due to you guys. So the more that you guys can, again, comment, like, love, et cetera, share it. If, we, if every one of you watching now shared the show, uh, we would be bigger than Rogan. Well, maybe not bigger than Rogan, but we'd be pretty big. So uh, that said, let's talk about Dave Nurse because, Neil, you've, you've uh, you worked with Dave Nurse in the past. Dave Nurse is um, – well, let's, let's let you do it because you, you know Dave really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I met Dave. Uh, Dave was looking for a speaker many years ago. I'll have to figure out when it was, a decade ago. I, I don't know. And I spoke in New Orleans. And uh, NPA is an amazing organization, split organization, much more than that. Dave will fill you in. But I, I was real impressed with them. We've done a bunch of different partnerships. But what I love, and I remember at the time, I had a big LinkedIn product. And it was the one I've been the most passionate about my whole career. And everyone like there bought it. Here's the thing. You don't love them because they bought it. I love them because they're so engaged, you know, and it, it's just something that Dave will talk about the culture of it. But it's a very different group of people that are there for a common mission. And uh, and Dave will fill you in on the rest. So, yeah, I guess without further ado, he could tell you more of the story. But I, I introduced Dave, uh, uh, you know, uh, to David. Uh, I get so confused, but I introduced Dave to David 
Dave, David to David, and, uh, and they've known each other also peripherally. And uh, there we go. So yeah, he's uh, he's a great guy, and and uh, and I'm excited for the episode. And I know Chris has lots of questions, and Chris was saying, you know, we see we we man the boards all the time to what we want to talk about in our groups, and splits again today. Yesterday there was like three of them, as Chris was saying. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're excited about those. And and, uh, and and also one thing, 2019, six million dollars in shared fees in one year. And they're on six way. continents, right? They're everywhere. Like they're they're all over the globe. And in the U.S. is is there? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's still their biggest market. They will tell us. I mean, it's got to be. But it's 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 really a great organization. And I refer people to them all the time. I don't get any referral fee, right? It's not about that. I don't have a deal with them. We refers people to boss. You know, it's all about they're the ones. They're the well, ones that that's the only ones I know. There, there's top echelon, and we'll talk about that and what he thinks are the differences. But they're the ones I refer people to. And, and let's, not, let's bring Dave on. Because of the oh, just real quick, because of the scale they operate at, and mm-hmm. the amount of successes they had, and the amount of time them top echelon, a couple others. Um, just the takeaways I think for the individuals watching this, even if they're just trying to do a split between them and another recruiter that they know or don't know, I think there's a lot of takeaways we're going to have here in terms of like best practices, what to do, what not to do, because they have so many examples to draw from. So pretty excited for that as well. Well, let's bring him on. Let's talk because I've got a bone. Because I'll tell you what, I've got a bone to pick with Dave Nern. I want to start off with this. I want to start off. Sorry, Dave, to uh, to to slap you with this right off the bat, but. According to your website, you say you're worldwide. Heck, it's in the name, yet you're only on six continents. Uh, it is literally worldwide. We're trying, we're trying to get Neil to move to Antarctica, and then we could complete the, the circuit. <laughs> but uh, he says he loves Manhattan too much, so he's going to stick yep. there. We're, we're going to have to recruit somebody. Maybe you guys could help me recruit somebody to be a recruiter in Antarctica. <laughs> and then you'll truly be worldwide, and then it won't be false advertising anymore. There you go. Anyway, uh, just kidding about that, but Dave, really a pleasure to have you on here. And uh, yeah, I guess let's start off. I mean, uh, who are you? Who are you? What do you do? Like, what's what is your? Who are you in this really weird land and misfit toys we call recruiting? <laughs> well, hey, thanks for having me. I think I'm not sure about that yet, based on <laughs> the way this thing started. But um, so I'm president of MPA Worldwide, and just you kind of got to look at the organization to understand what I am in terms of of my role. But the organization, it's a really strange configuration because it's a member-owned cooperative. So each of the 585 members of MPA owns the network. It's run by a volunteer uh, board of directors that I and my staff report to. And then I'm a paid employee running the network on their behalf. So um, some days I'm listening to their instructions. Other days I'm telling them what they need to do. So it's kind of a weird deal. Well, listen, and why that's so important, speaking from someone that worked with Dave in my previous life of of partnerships and stuff, is NPA, all they care about is the membership and how it benefits them. It's not about the money that they can make off of it for them, which would be different from any other split network that's revenue-based, right? So it's really... Mm -hmm. It's, it has a lot of deep implications for the membership. Yeah, as I tell people, our goal in life is to exist next year 
meaning that we're covering our basic costs. We don't have to make money. We don't have to raise prices to members to grow revenue share to the owners or anything like that. It's just about being in existence and we've been doing it 68 years in a row. So I, we get a pretty good track record of existing the next year. Yeah, and that's amazing because think about what that means. And that's why the engagement is so high and, and no one else has that. So those of you, I, I endorse NPA, but again, this isn't a loaded meeting in cause days on. Well, well no, the, the one thing I'll say, well, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I just want to interject you real quick. Um, Cause one thing that I've uh, always talked about a lot in, in terms of my journey as a recruiter is that you know, I think for most recruiters, at least the old school recruiters, we all fell ass backwards into the business. I mean, nowadays you can take college courses in recruiting. Yeah. But back when we got in, we just sort of like not many people really knew what recruiting was. And if they did, you're usually an accountant who didn't want to be an accountant anymore. So you decided to become an accounting recruiter. So a lot of we were the land of misfit toys. We're the one, they're the toys who didn't belong anywhere else. So we found found each other in this really weird community. And the when I was first starting, I was always it was always tough because I always felt I was on an island, especially when I started my own firm. Um, there was never I was never really part of any organizations until much, much later. And and now it's you know with with NP Worldwide and all these other organizations and just the internet in general, to be able to um, uh, to interact and just form friendships with you know weird weird recruiters like that guy or that guy or, or this guy it's 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 nice not just from the split perspective but just from a like a friendship perspective um and i just want to interject there i don't know if you have anything to say about that but it's just something i think is is pretty important yeah. and i guess let me ask you i mean is that is that something that you see as um uh uh something one of the benefits you get from an mpa world or just making friends yeah, I'd, I'd say it's one of the things that differentiates us from some of the other ways of doing splits is that a lot of times the people in our network uh, really have become very close friends. They're, I mean, they're people who vacation together and all sorts of other things. And I do have a, a story that I want to tell you about a, a friendship that forged out of a sad incident. But just in about the different types of recruitment networks that are out there, I, I just look at it as a recruiter. If you're willing to do a split every now and then, you should join a network. It doesn't cost that much to be a part of something, whether it's MPA or TE or whoever it is. It, you should belong because it creates opportunities for you with your clients. If you're specialized in, uh, you know, like Chris does uh, leader leadership type things, but he needs a, an administrative assistant. Let somebody else that works on administrative assistance lead that charge for you. You bring them to your client together. You go in as a united front and you provide them a, an, a, an assistant of some sort. You're expanding your ability to serve your client. And it costs you like next to nothing. And if you do a split every two or three years, it's a winner from a cash flow standpoint. It's not really yeah. right. One every two or three years, David. Well, That's amazing, right? And Dave, like uh, to echo your point there, like I always felt like sometimes I've talked to people that were a little reluctant to do splits, and it's it's very. I mean, sometimes, and we can get into this. There's you know a lot of trust needs to be established, and there's the right ways to go about it, and the wrong ways. And I know we'll get into that. But if you're new to the business, and and business development is a struggle for you know a lot of people trying to get started in this group and they're like hey i know how to recruit or whatever but they're still learning how to like get clients this is a good springboard for you to there's you can split you can you know you can learn some stuff along the way probably from your split partner you can build a base from which you can grow and then if you're the experienced person like i'm 20 years in and oh, people that are my peers will be like well i don't need to do splits i you know i can go find my own clients and 
Yeah, but to your point, you're exactly right. Like it allows you to continue to specialize, but also if your customer needs something that you aren't the best person to deliver on it, you're capturing revenue that wouldn't have been available to you otherwise. And, so who cares and, if you yeah, spread even, half of it? Even better than that, you do not introduce a competitor to your client. Right, because like, I, and, and that is something that recruiters get concerned about. Once upon a time, like with my last firm that I had, I had a, a technology staffing, engineering, et cetera, firm for about 10 years, I had several recruiters working for me and we were placing engineers at a company. And then they also needed like production workers and warehouse workers because it was a, like hardware engineering type of company. Now we wanted that engineering staffing business because that's where the money was. But we're like, we got to do something about these like $9 an hour. Product. If, they, if, if we let a, a temp agency in through the back door, they're going to snake the rest of our business. I know. So like now I, I went about like, okay, we're just going to fill these positions. So we tried to handle it internally, which was challenging because it's a totally different set of work. And it's and, and it, at the end of the day, it, it, but that's but that's what we did because you're like it's very valid point that you yep. you want to protect that relationship and make sure that somebody doesn't sneak in the back door just because you can't deliver on a particular role. It's, it's very real. May I so, also be a better serve your client too? Because I mean, you yeah. know, the way I look at it is when like right now in you're the, the go-to in the current market. Uh, you know, uh, when, when jobs are plenty and it's a really hot market, you don't really need to really serve your clients very well. I mean, you should, but it's not like it, it, there's plenty of business out there. But when you're, you know, when, when clients are hard to get, I, I think you really got to do everything you possibly can to serve your client, fulfill the hell out of every one of the jobs, or at least the ones that you, you can work on. And so if, if you're an IT recruiter and they've got an accounting position, you wouldn't normally work out in the past, but now you can develop a relationship with other accounting recruiters that you trust that, and you could then be that conduit and really truly serve your client. Uh, because I think, you know, every, because it's, it's, it's getting the client is so hard. And it's really easy to lose a client. And, uh, and right now, just with every recruiter, that the ones that are struggling. Uh, when you get a client, you 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 keep that client safe, right? You 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 want to service that client as much as humanly possible. And I think it's a big part of it is just you want to keep your client happy. And they're so happy the with other, you. And, and, yeah. And another quick angle where – Sorry, go, I'll – go ahead. I, I was just saying because I wanted to add on before you get on to a new point. What you did, Chris – is common to take it on and what david said at least what you can place don't place stuff that is not your specialty because you yeah. think it's low-hanging easy money it's probably lose money gold. On yeah. it's full exactly it's fool's gold you will lose money listen it's fool's gold right like it's it's the amount of time you spend on candidates that you will never use again the inefficiency you have on opportunity costs is ridiculous take 50 percent fast with a split partner from npa or whomever and don't fill stuff out of your world that's a mistake and Chris, i guarantee i guarantee you i those handful of engineering positions i filled years ago with that company i probably and i did wasn't aware of this at the time because i was still learning the business i'm sure i fully cannibalized any profitability that was from there in spending resources on trying to fill those right those so you're never gonna positions. have another client for and at the people. end of the day yeah and the other thing i think is an interesting angle for especially for experienced recruiters is like like take my case if i place like a chro or a cfo or something like that you know Granted, I get paid well to do it, et cetera, but there's there's efficiencies that can be gained there because what about the other top couple candidates or the other people I talk to along the way who are not a good fit for that client? You know, I could do, you know, it, traditional, like conventional wisdom is you fill the role and you move on and maybe you call some of them if you have another job order someday. Well, what if there's another outlet for that? Right. And I think there's a lot of there's a there's a phrase an old manager of mine used 20 years ago, which is there's gold in them, their files. And like, 
that's exactly what's going on here. So I'll shut up. There's now. gold and then there are bits. We can say bits yeah. now, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, Dave, um, so so actually that, that's that's a good that's a good segue. Uh so Chris, he mentioned back in the day, uh, that he was he was trained, there's gold and then there are files. And you know, so me, I started about you know ninety seven, started searching two thousand. I know Neil is older than dirt, so I think he was doing it around uh, the turn of the eight. You don't look a day over ninety, man. Now no, tell you what. Age. Oh, 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 my bad. <laughs> Son, summon a bitch, you bastard, farting uh, sucker. But but the business has changed a lot. You know, it, it really is, it, it significantly changed. Like I said, people take college classes in recruiting, which is again when I started, people didn't know what it was. I, I had no idea. People, you could charge a fee for placing somebody. It's weird. So so I'm curious. Um, what? Uh, Looking back at that, right? You've got you got a foot now. Uh, or, having looked back at like the, the wing start of the business, what do you think has changed the most? Like, what what are some of the big changes that you've seen, um, whether for better or for worse? But like, how do you how would you describe the change from now versus like when we started in the business? I, you know, I I'd, I'd say David, the tools have changed, but a lot of stuff really hasn't changed, and I I think that's the interesting thing apart about recruitment. So if you think about it, um, I've only been in the business since 2006. So only about a 20% of the time Neil's been in the business. Um, but um, what, what I would say is that back then people were afraid of monster or they were afraid there was somebody, somebody was going to take over the recruitment space and dislodge them from what they did. And so today people would say, uh, today they would say it's AI. You know, three years ago, they would have said it was LinkedIn. Before that, they would have said it was Monster or Career Builder. There's always somebody that, that you know, I think the recruiters have a good level of paranoia, which is not a bad thing all around. But what I would say is that what really works in the industry is the quality and the skills that people had even before the internet, if you know how to call somebody, if you know how to have a conversation with them, if you need to understand, if you can understand their motivations for change or their skill set. Uh, so it's true recruitment. And it's, I look at people who are really successful right now and they're engaged in kind of uh, really good extraction exercises. They're not involved in database searches as much as they're involved in targeted extraction. So targeted extraction is still going to net you really big dollars in this business. And I would guess, like Chris, you probably do more targeted extraction than you do um, database. I mean, you have to do database searching, perhaps, to figure out who you're going to target and pull. But it's that yeah. ability to move from a list of people to a list of engaged possible candidates that makes the difference. And I think that's where some people are looking at technology as the panacea. And really, technology is just another tool to get you closer to that targeted extraction. Yeah. And, and Dave, so it's funny, too. You had mentioned the paranoia. Mm -hmm. We at uh, David and I, we created a split board uh, a couple of years ago. And it never really worked. But the big problem that people had with it was the lack of trust, the paranoia on that losing a client. So you can say, well, if it's split, you don't have to risk a competitor getting in. The paranoid recruiter says, this guy's going to steal my account. Now, at NPA, how is that avoided? Now, the partnership does. And how do you police it? Do people come to you? So talk about how, yeah. do, we, how do people that are paranoid about doing splits say, don't be with NPA? Go. Like, I want to hear that. Yeah. 
So, uh, I mean, we have a rule that you're not allowed to uh, go after the other person's uh, client or their candidate, actually. I mean, it doesn't matter. And I think the the issue there is that if you're a, a bad operator, you're going to be expelled from MPA and right. you'll get a, you get a reputation for somebody who's a bad operator. We don't expel that many people. There are people who make mistakes. I mean, one of the things we have in our sharing tool is a checkbox that you click that says if you're posting a job, is it allowed to be advertised elsewhere and either yes or no question it's not a maybe um some cases people will put no and then they'll say call me if you're interested in advertising it but uh there i'm involved in one today where somebody you know didn't read the button properly and one of their recruiters uh started advertising a job it caused a lot of problems so that person will there'll be a a lengthy board discussion about that individual there'll be communication between myself the board leaders with that individual individual who kind of broke the rule and hopefully it doesn't result in a lost client along the way. But um, there's a lot of practices in place. There's a lot of training in place that lets people know how it works. And if you're breaking the rules, then you will be out of MPA pronto. So that's the way we manage it. You know, awesome. uh, I remember when we spoke, Dave, someone asked oh, me a question. If I just one last one while you're on that, on that someone asked, and I didn't know it. Do you review, are the partners, split partners reviewed? Like you have an Amazon kind of like rating system. So you can see, wow, this person's done a lot of splits. I didn't know. I thought it was a great idea. For no, a it, it, so it is a great idea. It's come up. It probably comes up about every six months. Yeah. And the idea, the idea comes up and I, I just yeah, said, okay, um, if, if we did it, my job would be full-time police officer yeah. Yeah. managing yeah. Susie Q got mad at Jimmy and Jimmy got yeah. mad at Susie Q and they right. put bad ratings on one another. And then I'd have to navigate through that. So I, I just, our, our philosophy is kind of like this. And that is you need to develop relationships with people you're going to work with. And if it's not working, cut it loose, move on. There are 585 independent firms in our in our network. Go find somebody else that you relate to that works the way you want to work. Don't spend time trying to get somebody to work your way if they're not willing to work your way naturally because it's just Think of it just like just like a client. Yeah. Right? Don't yep. be you don't be clients? a dead horse. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're vetted too, right? People have to understand to a degree, they're yeah. vetted at NPA. You go to others, you sign up to a link, you give your credit card, and, and you give your stuff, and and that's it. So so you know, there's a David. When I introduce people, I introduce them to Dave. You introduce them to his main person. There, the recruiters go through it, right? They go through a yeah. A over, over the years, in fact, uh, I would say that uh, it, it's starting to change a little bit in terms of where the numbers come from. But it used to be 50 percent of our members were member to member referrals. Wow. So um, and the reason it's changing is because our desire to grow the network and Sarah yeah. Freiberger, who does that, her efforts are so strong that we got a good channel of people coming in who have found out about us through our outgoing marketing efforts, as opposed to pure member to member referrals. But those people all go through uh, background checks. We're looking for people who've been in the industry at least a solid year performing. We're looking for people who have a history of doing placements. We're looking for people who have a history of doing split placements. So, uh, and then they get interviewed by the directors and then they get brought on and they're in a probationary status uh, for their 
first uh, number of months of existence in MPA, which means that we can let them go for any reason whatsoever. Um, doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes we have to exercise that one. Now, uh, uh, let's talk about recruiters being paranoid because I, I want to I go back to that because I know I, I know back when I first started back in the business, um, you know, when you go to a conference and because we're on islands, right? So it's not like we had a lot of interaction online because there was really no online to speak of. So we go to conferences and we go out, go out drinking, get drunk with our buddies and all that kind of bragging about our billings, but we would never actually say our client names. It always was like kind of like a mob thing. Like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to, you Very never mention the client name no. because if you mention client name, they're going to go after your client. And now obviously it's, everybody knows everybody else. We have LinkedIn. So it's not, not a big, not, not, not as much of a big deal as it was back then, but I'm curious though, because there is still some paranoia, especially on splits with you know people stealing candidates, clients, and whatnot. I remember you were telling me, uh, I think it was last week when we spoke about this. You had a really uh, interesting idea on how you could protect yourself if you're the one actually submitting candidates to uh, a split partner. Would you mind sharing that with the with the? Cause I think yeah. it was a great tip. I think it was brilliant cool. and it's really simple. Yeah. So I suggest to people. I mean, first of all, you, you call them. You find out if they really want help. Um, say, hey, I'm going to dedicate. 20 hours this week or 40 hours to you this week, finding candidates for your job. Do you really need help or do you, you already have your short list and people are just finalists and you're waiting to confirm that? Find out if the job's for real and they're still open. If it is, then you start pursuing it. And you say, hey, look, I'm guessing you might have some internal candidates or you might have some people already on your list that you're looking at. I don't want to send you candidates and have you tell me, oh, I already have them. Oh, already have them, uh, already been considering them. That's not going to work for me. So here's what I need you to do. Go look at the list of people that you actually are seriously considering. Give me their initials. I don't need anything more than their first and last initial. And I'm going to start submitting candidates to you. And the candidates that I submit to you that don't have those first or last initials, I'm expecting that you don't have them and you're not going to call me and say, oh yeah, I, I, I had them on my list. Because we all know Everybody's available to everybody. It's not, they're all, everybody's on LinkedIn. They're in your databases. You haven't considered them. I'm going to be the cause of you considering them. I don't want you to tell me after I did the work that you already had them under consideration. So give me the initials of the two or three people on your short list, and I'll provide you ones that don't have those initials. That's clever. Now, of course, if I were to be asked that question, I'd say F you. Oh, there you my go. Frank Underwood. But anyway. <laughs> Well, well, that said, what about others? I, I thought personally it was a pretty brilliant little, little tactic, and it's really simple. But what are some other? Uh, well, actually, let, let me let me ask you this: What are some of the uh, um, landmines? So, someone who's never really had an experience with splits before, or, or maybe very limited experience, what are some of the landmines um, that they need to watch out for, and how do you watch out for them? Well, I, I think a lot of it gets solved, David, with relationships. So, one of the landmines is people who are candidate um, sourcers love to just go to their they, – they see a job, they go to their, their database, they start pulling candidates out of the database, and they start sending them. Um, the person who has the job is the one that determines – whether they're willing to take that flow of candidates or not. So it's not fair for you just to assume that they're sitting there waiting for you to send them candidates. They put up a hand and said they wanted help. You got to call them and say, I'm going to work on this. Are you good with that? They say, no, I already have four other people that I promised that I'm going to give them feedback on. I don't need a fifth. 
you got to go, okay, I'm moving on. I'm finding another one. Um, but if you start, if you start investing your time, which is the only commodity I think that recruiters really have in this world is time. If you start investing your commodity of time, your billable hours, so to speak, in somebody else's work without confirming they want your help, you're crazy. Well, and that that's basically basic prospect qualification right there. Yeah. Would you do that with a client? If they had a job posted, would you just start sourcing and chucking people? I mean, I guess people do that, but like do, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work. And I mean, maybe once in a blue moon, it works. And that's why people do it. But if you go into these split relationships and and I've had some success in them myself and and whether organically or even playing around with some, some boards and like, you have to qualify the requirement. Don't make any assumptions. When you recruit for a customer, you don't make assumptions. You ask the questions. Are there people being considered already? Like all your points about like who they're looking at. Do you have, you know, if they have enough candidates right now and they don't need more, you move on to another prospect. It's it's well, really no there's, different. There's other things like so the the position description that your cat your uh, your partner sharing says needs to have five years of experience. Uh, da, 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 da. And you go so if you're having a conversation, it's like, hey, if I find somebody who's in this direct position working for a competitor and has only been doing it for three years, would your client talk to them? Oh yeah, sure they would. Okay, so let's talk about, I'm going to, your client is, and they go, I I can't tell you the client. You know, you just go, "Uh, I don't think I want to put, you know, 20, 40 hours of my time into a nebulous. It might work. It might not work. If I can't be in a partner relationship with you where I know who the client is, then I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Or it's going to become a B priority for me. And there's somebody else that's sharing information at a full level with me. That's going to get my A effort and you're going to get my B effort. Is that really what you want? And I think you have to have those kind of frank relation relationship type questions. As you train on this stuff at conferences, right? I mean, like this kind of like culturally for here, you talk like this means a lot because the fish stinks from the head down, right? In a good way as well. Right. So, yeah. Is this something that's pervasive? How do you get that culture? Well, and so people meet one another conferences and, you know, people will look at them and say, hey, I want to work with you in your space. And they get a yes or a no. They get a cold reaction to it or they get something that's warm and they say, yeah, I'd love to work with you. Let's see if we can make it happen. And, you know, what happens is they follow up after the meeting and they say, "Okay, here's the job. Here's what you need to do. Um, You know, we're going to spend we're going to work on this. A lot of people will give a like a single partner a one or two week, let's call it a head start, if nothing else, but it's an exclusive that says, I'm not going to bring in other MPA partners until you've had a chance to show me what you can do. And that way you're not really competing with the whole network. You're provide you're a partner relationship one-on-one at that point. And if you do good work, it's going to continue and nobody else is going to be entering this scenario. If it's bad work that you're doing, you're going to be dismissed. And you got to be okay with that too, if you're not doing good work. And you know, what's funny. I, I, it's amazing to me that when it comes to those upfront conversations need to be had, whether they're with external clients or potential split partners or the stuff that you need to address up front. as recruiters, so many of us will have no problem spending night and day sourcing, calling, screening, writing up, submitting, but like not respect our time enough 
to just ask some of those questions. Like they're not that hard and it's not even, it's not confrontational. It's just, it's basic, but it's, it's amazing how often, and I, and I was like this early in my career too, like where I was more of kind of like an order taker because I didn't know any better. I didn't ever push back on anything. I think that's a lot of us eventually learn not to, but it's just fascinating that we will do that for ourselves where there's some simple qualification questions we can ask. We won't ask those but we'll just spin our wheels for a couple of weeks and hope yeah. that something good will happen. And that I just, if there's something I could impart, especially to newer people getting to this business, so like take what Dave's saying very seriously, even in the jobs you take on in the, in the outside world. Well, and we, we also do reinforce with our people who are posting jobs that when you're posting a job on the network, you're saying you want help. Right. So if somebody sends you something, it's common courtesy to respond. Your response can be, hey, I'm overwhelmed and I've got a lot of people I'm really close with and they're working on this. I'll take a look at this one that you sent me, but you know, you need to call me in advance next time. That's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, no response is a little rude and it really shouldn't work that way. It doesn't take that long. If you've opened the email, you can reply pretty quickly. Um, if you've opened the email and you've looked at the attachment, you need to reply. Um, that's another scenario. And the other thing I think I mentioned to you, David, is you have to have a system for tracking where candidates come from if you're going to be working in a network. So in our network, and this happens uh, probably less than it did 20 years ago, but uh, people will submit candidates to other partners. They go, oh, I don't have anything for them right now. I'll keep them in my database. They, they note that it came from, you know, John Smith sent that one to me in May of uh, 2010. And then later they pull it out of their database and they use that candidate and they fill a job with it. There are members of ours that will send a check for 50% of the fee to the partner who submitted that candidate to them in 2010. And in the mail, in the mail comes a check and they don't even know why they're getting it other than it's got a candidate's name list on it. And they go, oh, amazing. I must have provided that to them. Dave, so. elephant in the room. Uh, what whopping percentage of the split do you guys take? Because they hate giving up these split percentages and they add up. What percentage does MPA take? Tell everyone loud and clear. We, we take 5% of the split. So Right? Nothing. Yeah. I, well, I Nothing. look at it this way. It's really, it's, it's you know, it's it's 5% from each side. So sometimes we end up referring to it as 25 from each side. It's but the, cheap. The it's members cheap. get to keep 47.5%. Right. Um, some of them work out different different um, scenarios than 47.5, 47.5, and 5. But if that if that 5% from your side is going to change your life, then you got bigger problems. Yeah, than, honestly, Dave, it's the, be it's, a mo it's the best deal that I, I've seen out there in splits. Again, I have no skin in the game here whatsoever. So I think it, it's just it's not a cost that you're going to worry about. Honestly. And there's a value that comes from it, um, boss. There's a value that comes from that one. And that is we have a thing called indemnification. And that is if for some reason you do a split with somebody and they fail to pay you, <coughs> then you can apply for indemnification, which means that NPA will make good on the amount that you were due. And that happens. Oh that's, a huge, that's a yeah. huge deal. We, we probably... That's yeah. that's that's really big. Yeah. Sorry, to that's huge, Dave. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure my people know that. That's massive. I love that. That's great to know. Yeah. So I would say, and like in my first first five years <laughs> of existence at NPA, I could count those indemnifications on less than a full hand. 
I'd say it's more regular um, in today's world than it was in 2006 or 2016. But uh, we still do, you know, we might pay out as much as twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year. And, and can I say they should join just for your conference? I mean that. I mean that it is the most engaged, and everyone who spoke there said it. It's it's not like I speak at ASA, I speak at NAPS. Love NAPS, but they're totally different. The engagement because of the partnership. Go for that alone. And if they're the next one. Things you make, they don't make money on this thing, as he said. They're not looking to make money. It's not an event to make money, which is what the other ones do. It's an it's an event yeah. for you. It's amazing, honestly. So we, I just I ended up pricing our event with David's going to be at in Salt Lake. I just ended up pricing it this morning with. Uh, Veronica, who's in a car on her way to Australia, uh, well, to an airport on her way to Australia. Um, but uh, it's going to be about $450 for the event, which is ridiculous. Because if, you, if you've looked at other events that are, are three days in, in length, they're all upwards of 2000 bucks a piece. Yeah, that's a $2,500, It's amazing. Yeah. But it's not just the And we have DSP at like, ours. DSP. Come on. Did I see that you have a global one, but you also have some smaller, more regional ones, too? Is that? Yeah, we just have one in Tampa, St. Pete at the end of, um, of September. We've got one coming up uh, this coming week in Brisbane, Australia. Um, I mean, just some of the places that uh, that I've been in the last couple of years, because I end up going to a lot of these. So we've had meetings in Sicily. Barcelona, Cyprus, Lisbon, Porto, Beijing, Taiwan, Venice, wow. Vietnam. So uh, some, members, you? Somebody, some members use them as kind of uh, free travel events, and, but they also make connections. So we didn't talk about global yet, but we were talking a little bit about, you know, outside your key niche area that you might be working, like, you know, what Chris works with uh, leadership things outside of that, but also think about it geographically. So Chris, you have a company that's based in Atlanta and they decide they need a, a you know, head of sales or a VP of finance in Switzerland. What are you going to do? Um, right. They're going to go someplace else or they're going to sit there. They, they have sleepless nights worrying about this crap. That's a you have a solution for them that you can implement like that, where they continue to talk to you as their key contact, but somebody else is finding the person for them and helping them select a candidate in Switzerland. So that's amazing too, because I think about like, for example, the number of companies I work with that are like a subsidiary of a global organization, right? I might hire a, like in the, their US operation, I might hire a senior leader, but they're based in Germany or whatever, right? And you know, if to go after that business, A, it would be a distraction and B, they would be like, well, do you have experience hiring in, you know, wherever? And I would not be able to say that. But now you basically be able to say, after you talk to a couple of partners, you say, actually, you know, I do have a resource on my team can handle that, has done that. Um, let's let's bring them on a call and let's the three of us talk and see if it makes sense for us to take on this search. That's a ton of power right there. It's it's well it's, it's a wonderful solution for your client. So I mean, can you imagine? I was talking to, uh, I got a call from a, a prospective client a couple about two months ago now, and she's beside herself because the president has asked her, she's the head of HR, to find somebody for her in Germany, and she's like, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I go. I'm going to have a member call you, somebody who's local to where you are, speaks your language, understands where you are, who you are, and what you do. 
and they're going to find a connection for you in this foreign country, wherever it happens to be, to provide you the solution you want. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's you've you've solved a problem for me that I had no idea. So. All right, guys. Now, now I I want to bring something up here. Um, uh, uh, First off, before I do so, just real quick in the comments, I can't see everybody's name, but uh, uh, Jacob Kamara from Ghana. Really glad to have you here. Uh, Sarah, thank you for your comment as well. Crystal, uh, glad to have you here. And anybody else, feel free to comment. If you have any questions for Dave, post them down below, because if we have some time, we'll uh, do some uh, little Q&A. And, uh, and 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 to go along with that, we have a situation that uh, we'd like to get your our thoughts on. Uh, Chris, if you uh, do, you, do you have the post that uh, was? Actually, I was as you were talking. I just I was just pulling that up because I had a feeling that's where to go with it. Well, why uh, are you, uh, Dave? Do I call him David or you, Dave? I'm yeah. so confused with two Davids on the David DSP. DSP. I, I go by Dave, and my mother called me David when she was mad at me. My parents call me Dave, and I, I decided my dear Tampa go by David. So that's my, you know. But um, you talked about Chloe, the, Michelle. Which one is that? If this, I actually have it right here in front. Hear me oh, if you, you want me to read it. Um, oh, yeah, go so, right Mich- so Michelle Peavy, she's one of our one of the members in in, in Neil's group, uh, Ursa, and uh, said I need a safe place for this group to vent. Um, I've established a recruiting split partnership with another recruiter. Both signed a fee split agreement. Uh, start to source multiple positions. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of make this short because it's a bit of a long post. Basically, uh, uh, the split partner confirmed that her candidates were submitted into the client and locked into their ATS portal for consideration. About a month ago, uh, he went to dinner with the client, the, the split partner, uh, to get feedback on her candidates. And then crickets went MIA and has been – he's been dodging uh, her calls, her emails uh, for the last uh, last few weeks. And and this is somebody that she's known for a couple of years, and he's just gone silent. So uh, that said, uh, might be kind of a hard one, but uh, that that's basically the 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 skinny. Um, what would you do in that situation? Oh man, I mean, there's well, first of all, you can you can take an optimistic point of view, or maybe it's a pessimistic one. I mean, maybe something happened to the. To the person that they're unable to respond. I mean, stuff does happen. Um, uh, secondly, I guess I'd be in contact with the candidates to see if they've been interviewed, to see if they've had any offers put forward. Uh, one of the things that, that is a stipulation in our rules is you really can't submit a candidate to a uh, partner, to a client's um, MSP or VSP, whatever you want to call it system where the system says, oh, well, your candidate is good for 30 days in our system. And if we hire them for a different job or outside of 30 days when you submitted them, you will get no fee. And there are a lot of deals like that. I don't know if you guys are tuned into those, but you're not allowed to submit somebody else's candidate under that kind of a scenario unless you've told the partner and the partner says, yeah, go ahead, submit them. But I would start talking to the candidates and see uh, what's going on. Are, are they have they been interviewed? Have they gotten any offers? And if they've you know gotten an offer, taken a job, then I also monitor their LinkedIn. I mean, there are people who do this for a living, uh, you know, backdoor hire and other people that uh, can monitor things like that for you. But at some point, you may need to get an attorney involved and uh, draft some documentation that that goes out to your partner who is incommunicado. 
Hey, yeah, we lost back to our uh, we hire, by the way. Great plug. Great plug for uh, those who don't well, know it. Right. It's a service that you give them the info, they'll track and find and they'll just follow up regularly to see if someone hired one of your candidates. Really cool idea. Really cool. Right? So FY good point. Now, now, we have another question down here in the comments. Um, uh, it, it's, uh, it says LinkedIn private, so we can't see who made the comment, but ask, what do you see in the next three months? And actually, that dovetails into one of my questions I wanted to ask is similar. What do you see happening uh, over the next, I guess, three months or a year? But just, you know, we're going into a weird economy. Um, what do you see happening? Where do you see the economy going, in, in your opinion, no, it, given that you talk to people all over the world? Uh, and the second part of that question is, what should your average independent recruiter do to either prepare or just to, or what should they change about what they do to make sure that they can thrive instead of struggling like a lot of recruiters are right now? So, I mean, I, I think the shift that I see is the pendulum swings back and forth across the midpoint and it swings to the side of the candidate and it swings back to the side of the client. And I think that that pendulum has swung back across midpoint and is pointing more towards the client. I think the jobs that you're going to see are going to be fewer. I think the jobs that you see in the, in the future are going to be more demanding. So they're going to not going to be the easy ones that you can bang out three or four in a, a couple of weeks. These are going to be the purple squirrel type searches that you're going to be going on. I would say if you're an independent recruiter, that you need to figure out how to hold on to your existing client base as much as possible. You need to figure out how to expand the amount of work you're doing within your existing client base, meaning taking on things that are outside your core niche area, looking for things outside your core geography, and figure out how you can leverage those as part of your business. I would also say that if you're not doing business development, you need to be doing business development mm -hmm. um, because you will lose clients. Clients will go out of business or they'll get merged or something will happen. And you need to have a fresh pipeline of um, new candidate, new uh, client companies coming in. So I would really start to shift some of my focus away from purely candidate search and purely candidate marketing more to client marketing. There are going to be well, a now, lot. I that have capability to find candidates for you, leverage them, let them do that work and you move on to doing what you do best. And if what you do best is getting clients, do a lot of it. If what you do best is getting candidates, then do a little bit more of it. Well, now I know for a lot of um, recruiters who are long in the tooth, uh, as I say, uh, they've been long in the tooth, been in the business for a long time. One of the big issues I, I see is that they relied so, so for so many years on legacy clients and then they go away. And, you know, when you're a rookie, you don't know any better, right? You, you, you can bang out calls all day long, but you're a veteran. It's kind of hard because you're, you're so far removed from it. So specifically for those, for those who are like veterans, how can they get themselves back into that, 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 um, biz dev mindset like the rookies are right because the rookies honestly you put a rookie on the phone and have them bang out 100 200 calls a day and email i mean they, they, they can make something happen for a veteran they get this weird mindset issue i i, I find a lot okay. so what would your advice be for the okay. so folks? so i i think you know recruiters can be a little bit like candidates sometimes and that means that anything looks like a good target you got to stop doing that so you, like you would suggest perhaps to a candidate who's looking for a job, what's your target? 
What are the 10 companies, the 20 companies that you would want to have a relationship with and you're well suited to have a relationship with them? So, I mean, like in our network, you know, people always, they'll go with the Fortune 500 companies. They want to figure out who's working those so that they can work those. You know what? If you're a small to medium size, you know, you're two, three people in an office, that's not your core market. Your nope. core market is the small to medium sized business that has somebody who's head of HR and they also are head of, you know, uh, sales or something yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, that's where your core niche is. So target build a list of companies geographically by specialty by likeness to your core and best clients over a long period of time build a list of 10 15 20 25 work them to death and forget coca-cola you know leave leave the big fortune 500 alone well that's a really good point because that took me up until even a few years ago to really dial into and really pay attention to was to understand like my, my ideal customer profile. And I tell you, like, you're, you're exactly right. Like we see the big names, right? Like, um, yeah, I handled that back when I had a, a larger team and we did some enterprise work and we were putting 20 people at one company and like temp jobs or whatever. When you're solo or a small team, listen, it is a lot easier to do business development with like small businesses because you're way more likely to get a hold of a decision maker. And like what you just said, like that's my bread and butter. Companies with, you know, 25, 50, 100, maybe almost 200 employees where there's one overworked HR person or none at all. And the likelihood that you're talking to the founder or, or, or like second generation owner or whatever is extremely high. You're very close to the pain because when you're going after, I'm telling everybody stuff they already know, but when you're going after the big, brand names that, that excite you, like they're the ones who also, they're going to kill you if you're solo because they're going to, they're going to kill you on payment terms. They're going to be all sorts of bureaucracy. Everybody's courting them. Why not help the small business shine? Why not be an advocate for them? And oh, then that's where you're actually adding some value, but I'll get off my soapbox. Yeah, no, you can make more of an impact really. And, and on top of that, this big company is going to have, have you signed some totalitarian authority. It's a very one-sided transaction. Totalitarian yeah. vendor agreement. They're not signing your agreement. Yeah. 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 Which, by the way, shopping. the word vendor, it just I yeah. almost want to want to want to. Don't ever hear the word vendor. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. Well, sorry, you know, everyone about that. knows yeah, Robert Half and Account Temp. So I I was with them before I was president of uh, Agilon. They the eighty percent of their business when I was there is this small to mid cap business is exactly what people would be shocked and they also don't want to go through really? all the rigmarole with these giants yeah eighty percent of these and they were amazing it's clients. a quicker path yeah and it's gold and they will pay like and you're not going after all these giant machines and and they want to avoid that now because they were Robert Half and everyone knew their ads and stuff yeah they'll get twenty percent of that bigger I'm sure it's a different demo but it's still largely it's to everyone's point it's it's yeah well and so back to like what um what Dave uh Dave the guest not Dave the host was saying about like your business development mix like I have been in the shoes of the solo recruiter or small business that's gotten fat and happy and then had a dry pipeline and it freaking sucks. So scary. having like a good Very mix scary. is, and so when you have to start from zero, whether you're a relative, let's say you either are uh, experienced, you spent five years in the business, now you're hanging out your own shingle. So somebody like NPA will give you a shot because you've had experience or, or you're like me and you've done this for a while and it's just your pipeline kind of dried up a little. 
eat, no matter how experienced you are, how many, you know, crazed like phone calls you're making, it will take a little bit to get that engine running again. So why not be on a split platform where like you're going to get in your own head. And if you're just making cold calls for a couple of weeks or a couple of months with no new job orders, you're going to drive yourself nuts. Why not while you're pursuing those business development paths, also hop on a split platform, like a good one, start working some jobs, developing some partnerships. So money will come in. And you'll also maintain your sanity because you'll feel like you're getting somewhere while you get your ship back, like your plane off the ground again. So, so I think that that's, that, that's like how I would approach it. Cause otherwise you're just going to be in an office by yourself or at your house, just hammering out calls, not getting, you know, I don't know what to do. You know, this at least gives you something to do to, to bridge that gap, bring some money in and who knows, maybe, maybe it'll end up being a really good channel for you, but you got to have more than one channel. Well, the, the other yeah, thing that Dave. being a part of a network oh, yes, might, might allow for you is if, you're, if your niche is going dry for some reason, you might have much greater ability to move into a different space because yeah. you're part of the network. So, for instance, we have a guy, I was telling David about this story uh, a couple of days ago, but we had a guy that Australia was going into recession. He didn't want to participate in the Australian recession. So he determined he was going to work U.S. jobs from Australia. So he changed his work hours to coincide pretty much with US work hours. And he worked for a couple years and he was uh, consistently in our top five producers for a couple years because he was working exclusively US jobs in the US from Australia. And that so mobility have- is, that's fantastic. Yeah, you can change. Now, hey. now, Dave, I do want to ask you, so, so, you know, Chris mentioned find a good split network. I'm curious. Do you know of any decent split networks people could join? Any idea? Uh, I might have heard of one. The only <laughs> one I know of uh, starts with NPA and ends with worldwide. But well, I'm doing a promo. Yeah. I'm going to send out, uh, you know, and I've done it for my group. Dave, you have a promo for everyone on there, right? To uh, share that. I know you're not. A, you I do. Know, like, yeah. In fact, I want to read this comment. This is a really good comment someone posted. Um, I was a vendor, for the folks who are just listening, I was a vendor at the NPA conference in NOLA when COVID broke out across the world. The group welcomed me with uh, such open arms. I was highly impressed by the relationships among the members and professionalism exhibited across the conference. The success stories were unbelievable. It was an amazing experience to engage with the group and learn all the support NPA provides for its membership. Highly recommend this group. And then it looks like there's an address for you to send the check, Dave. First thing I say, David, this can't be true because we would never refer to anybody as a vendor. I hate that word. They're either a sponsor <laughs> or a partner. They are not a vendor. How dare they? It's a great, it's a great like recommendation. That. I've yeah. I've yet to I've yet to talk to anybody who's said anything bad to say about NPA. I mean, I've heard a lot of bad about Neil, a lot of bad about Chris, maybe a little bit bad about me. But nothing well, bad about NPA. Well, listen, is- what did I tell you, David? When I first made the intro, whatever, David was like, no, nah, I don't do those things. Not my, but you don't. It's not your gig. David, the digital mm-hmm. thing. I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like unbelievable. Like, and and this is going to be my first speaking gig in, few, in quite a few years. So this is, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Well, well speaking of which, let's, let's do some promos here because I want to make sure that if anybody wants to join NPA, really, all I got to do is go to NPAWorldwide.com and, uh, uh, and just, uh, I'm sure there's like a contact form on there as well. Where they can, well they can we have a promo. You. There was a, Dave, do you have that handy or we'll email that out after? Uh, which promo is it? Was that the uh, uh, split agreement? 
Uh, no, yeah. no, it's for, for for joining, and I'll I'll send it out to my people on it, whatever from Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Freiberger and Neil worked on a special yeah, promo. So yeah, we'll post oh, it. Okay, yeah, we'll, have, we'll, we'll email that out after, after the fact. So come back to the page and look for your link and the promo for Dave. Actually, you know what we'll do? We'll drop it in the comments. So once we get it, we'll drop it in the comments a little bit later today. Somebody watching now can go back to the live, and they'll see it in, in the I comments. I have a great there. idea, right? Make a comment in there right now. Just say follow, and then you'll be notified when we drop it. So how's that for increasing our oh, likes? Oh, man. I bet we you need Sarah to like, be you old to know those Sarah interweb probably, Facebook tricks. <laughs> Sarah might be able to post it in the chat. Yeah, yeah, Sarah, yeah. post it right now, too. Totally. But we're in a bunch of groups, though, is the problem. We're all yeah, what we'll, we'll do is uh, Trix, Trix, Trix might take assistance. She's on, she's on in the green room. Trix, just go find that link and drop it in all the other lines if you could. If you, that would be great. And um, and by the way, if anybody wants to uh, get some of the best back office support that you'll ever find, boss, that's that's Neil's company right there. Go to um, backofficenow.com forward slash staffing. So staffing solutions with a new URL to make the typing easier. I'll tell you what, uh, one thing's really cool, because I've, I've compared a lot of different uh, uh, back office uh, firms, and granted, Neil's a buddy, but it really is a great service. I'll tell you what, there is this, uh, they've got this app. Can I talk about the app? Can I talk about sure, the app? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. This app coming. You can actually you can actually have your, like a branded app for your contractors and for your clients, like with your logo and your colors. I don't think anybody's doing that right now. No. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just pure eye candy. No. And, and I'll tell you, it is one of the best deals in the business. Uh, just, just the deal itself, you, one of the best support. Um, and I'm not just saying that because Neil is, is my buddy, but actually is, is true because candidly and secret actually kind of hate Neil and, uh, <laughs> and, and it, and it pains me to say this stuff about him, but I do have well, to say, go to you and I have a li I have a little <laughs> bit of you and me. There's some DSP in this. There's a likeness. There's a DSPness to it. That's Sorry, I always like to say DSPness. Now, uh, get it. DSPness. NESS. DSP hyphen ness. And, and I will say, and I will say for me, I got a couple of promos for for myself as well. Uh, two things. One. Uh, our our program agency growth machine. If you want a done for you build of your sales and marketing system, go to realdsp.me forward slash build. And I have one more promo. Uh, we have a new off a flake book group. So if you are sick of uh, Facebook uh, uh, policing what you say, uh, you can go to realdsp.me forward slash syndicate. It's called the head of their syndicate. It is a new uh, off Facebook community for recruiters. It's brand new, only a couple of weeks old. Um, and um, again, no policing of thoughts, open ideas, free discussion. It's the marketplace of ideas, and I love it. So, uh, And we'll have some exclusive content in there as well. So go to realdsp.me forward slash syndicate. And uh, with that said, Dave, it's fantastic to have you here, man. Really, it really was. I think this is a, this was, we've had some good shows. This is our best one yet. It, best one it, yet. Number 11 is gonna, epic. I'm just saying it's going to be epic. You're going to get a lot of views. <laughs> we have changed. It was my jersey number when I played sports in high school. I wasn't very good, but I mean, there's, that's something. <laughs> that is something. That is something. Make I picked that jersey because it was two number ones, and one number one wasn't available. So, our dozens right. of users, our dozens of viewers, are going to be transformed <laughs> today. Yeah, no, this, this has been a great, great show. Hey, right, this so was not nearly as bad as people told me it was going to be. So I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, guys. Well, the guys, it's time for us to, to wrap the show. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, we we'll love you all. Dave, thank you. Chris, thank you. Neil, thank you. And, of course, me. I'll thank myself. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Peace out.